0: Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting. Check out this week's episode.
1: Since when do you know karate? Since today, everyone knows it. Uh, you know, it, it was a <laughs> surprise assembly. What?
2: Another rejection to Harvard University.
0: hmm. <laughs> Next application, Samuel Redd, Chagrin Falls, Ohio.
2: (laughs) When June finished the eighth grade, her parents saw her graduate. After three months of summer, June became a freshman on her first day.
0: The Struggle is Real podcast starts in three, two, one.
3: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the new episode of The Struggle is Real. I am Omar Ramos along with Veronica Avila. How are you, Vero?
0: Good. How are you, Omar?
3: I'm doing just... Fine and dandy. Uh,
0: Cool. (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm actually feeling a little sparkly today. There you go. And you'll know why Mm -hmm. in a little bit. Uh, I'm sure you and Dr. Laos will also feel the same way at the end of the episode. Let's welcome Dr. Alicia Laos. How are you, doctor? I'm doing really well. Happy to be here.
3: And we're going to talk about our high school years today. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to break a sweat already because, (laughs) wow, those four years, there was something else. One of the best times for many, but not so much for others. Today, we'll tackle some of the social issues kids face. today. Today. We call this episode, mm-hmm. High School, Building Your Character.
0: That's right. Now, to discuss further, we've invited... Kristen Dalton Wolf, former Miss USA and the founder of sheismore.com, that's an inspirational online magazine that impacts more than 400,000 readers every month. She's a faith-based personal success coach who will soon publish her book The Sparkle Effect. Mm. She and her husband Chris are motivational speakers and they have a beautiful daughter, Aurora. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you.
4: I love that intro. <laughs> <It> makes
3: <laughs> sound good. <laughs> This is so cool. We have a celebrity on the phone. Okay. Yes. 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 This is yes. awesome. This is the way to kick off a podcast. Just, this is the way we do it. Okay, ladies and gents. So, uh, listen up. Now, here's the icebreaker. What was the number one issue you struggled with in high school? You want to kick it off, Vidal?
0: Ah. Uh. Fitting in, I guess. Freshman year was really hard for me. My family was weird, I guess. I don't know. We decided they decided to go. <laughs> we decided to go to Mexico when I was in seventh grade, halfway through the year. Went over there, was demoted to sixth grade because that's the way they roll over there.
3: Demote. Sixth
0: grade. So I graduated. That's your graduation from primaria, from elementary school. Graduated from there and then came back and went straight into high school. So I kind of skipped eighth grade. So went from seventh grade and a half to ninth grade so when i went into high school Mm -hmm. it was crazy one because i did not know anyone all my classmates were still back in eighth grade wow second i went to school in a it's bowen high school in south chicago for those south chicagoans you know what i'm talking about that was a tough school uh, the language. Every time I went back to Mexico, I kind of regressed. Maybe, I don't know. I, I didn't really feel comfortable speaking English when I came back, so I felt mm. out of place. Wow. Out of place and just like I didn't fit in. It was scary in the beginning. How about for you?
3: Mm. Well, it seems like you were on vacation mode, man. <laughs> <laughs> you were traveling between USA and Mexico.
0: More like a pilgrim. You know, on this
3: side, and I hate to say this because every time I look through yearbooks and I see people's social media, it seems like uh, high school is such a wonderful experience for so many students, and it sucks that I can't say the same. Mm -hmm. I hated high school. And I hated high school because people were just evil to me. (laughs) And it's true. It's a true story, and I don't want people to feel self-pity or, I mean, pity for me or Mm -hmm. what have you. And I remember this. I just remember girls saying, you're such a sweet boy. I don't understand why people pick on you. And I hated the social moments like recess and lunch because... People would come up and they would like knock my plate out of my hand. I would never fight back. Maybe that's why I'm always, sometimes I have nightmares. I should have punched that guy back. I should have punched Manuel. Mm-hmm. I should have punched Mike when he was making fun of me in front of people. And I just wasn't brought up that way. Mm-hmm. My parents were always like, you know, respect others, respect others, mm-hmm. and walk away. Da el otro cachete, like my mom would always say. <laughs> and it was like, you don't understand because I was the eldest and I took it the hardest. I didn't have an older brother, older sister to say, hey, man, this is the way you weather this stuff out. And a lot had to do with being Hispanic and we were farm workers. So we were looked as a lower class, like we could pick on them, they're trash, Mm. the guy smells like peaches and almonds and walnuts. It was just me trying to be positive for four years, and it wasn't easy for me. Thank God sports existed. Mm. That's what pushed me through. I was a really good baseball player. I played football as well, but it was just baseball that saved my neck during those four difficult challenging years, wow. Dr. Alicia.
5: What a resilient story.
3: I need therapy, doctor. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Seems that like you bounced back. Yep. Well,
3: decently, oh, I think. the
5: vengeance. <laughs> yeah, now you're yeah. hosting a podcast. Here I yes. is. Right. Here I right. is. You're so good.
4: There's hope.
5: Yeah. There's hope,
3: yes, for sure
4: there
5: is i was the kid that was i went into high school working really hard to get back to like the honors classes and Mm -hmm. things like that because in middle school i was in all these roommates i was bored so what happened is i was put into this classroom i didn't really like you didn't Mm -hmm. know all these kids because they weren't in the original cohort you know you move into them and they were just brilliant kids they were just extremely brilliant so then i would compare myself against them and so I, oh, I think oh, I spent no. a long time feeling like I had to catch up and work incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. And so I would feel myself cringing when so-and-so would be like, oh, I just wrote this beautiful essay and I got 100. And I, you know, I would spend like, and I did it in five minutes, you know, <laughs> or whatever.
4: <laughs> it <laughs> took me the whole night. Yeah,
0: you know,
5: yeah, yeah. So that's kind of wow, how that went. How
0: about you, Kristen?
4: Yeah, I kind of relate to what you were just saying. I was just reflecting. I feel like to sum it all up into one root issue, mm-hmm. I would say that My number one struggle in high school was just not feeling like I was enough. Mm. Um, Enough of being pretty enough or smart enough or, like, cool enough or confident enough or, like, really knowing who I was. I'm an achiever, and I'm very driven, and I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, in my freshman year, my goal was to be valedictorian when I graduated. But the problem is, like, God didn't make my brain, (laughs) like— to really understand algebra and geometry and chemistry concepts like in a way that i could make a pluses all year you know and like do handle ap classes without like going crazy and i just like dealt with a lot of stress and even depression Mm. i like didn't feel pretty like i had dealt with really bad cystic acne while i was younger i was on the swim team so it was like on my back and my chest too which is like the worst sport to play Mm. When you have chest and back acne, <laughs>
0: gotcha.
4: So yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on.
0: And you also bounced back because then you became Miss USA.
4: Yeah, because you know we all have our struggles. It's just yep. the way that we decide we're going to deal with it, and it doesn't mean we're going to necessarily be like feel like we're victors all the time. Yeah. Um, but kind of making a decision that we're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to use this as fuel. So one day I'm going to I can prove the naysayers wrong, or I can prove the people who left me out wrong. But still love them along the way without getting getting better.
3: Right. Kristen, thank you so much for sharing that. And I like the fact that we're connecting here, sharing our stories from the past. Right before we kick off our first sketch, uh, Beto, I think it's uh, important that we share some some stats. Of course. If you want to go ahead and kick it off.
0: With technology, well, that means that teens are facing issues that no previous generation has ever seen now. The average teen spends, check this out, over nine hours each day using their electronic devices. Mm. Now, their social media habits and media consumption are changing the way that young people communicate, learn, sleep, and exercise.
3: Yeah, they're priving themselves from sleep with all that technology. Mm -hmm. I was just speaking on, you know, how people made me feel and how they behave towards me. And bullying is one of them. According to the research conducted by Family First, 30% of teens in the U.S. have been involved in bullying either as a victim or as a bully. Mm -hmm. The rise of social media used by teens has made bullying much more public and more persuasive.
0: Wow. And this one, Kristen mentioned that depression, an estimated 3.1 million adolescents in the the U.S. had at least one major depressive episode in the past year. That means that 20% of teens will experience depression before reaching adulthood. That's kind of scary.
4: Oh, for sure. I feel like I've even heard the higher statistics of Mm. teens who are dealing with depression. And it starts like At earlier and earlier ages, or as early as eight years old, for a girl to start struggling with body image and eating disorders. Wow. Wow. And yeah, I think you're right that it has a lot to do with just overexposure, social media. I mean, Mm -hmm. being on your device nine hours a day, I mean, that is way too much. Yeah. Way too much information, way too much exposure to other people's lives who live in a completely different city, who are in a completely different phase of life that triggers insecurities our basic need and our basic desire to feel accepted yeah
0: we're going to be mentioning more issues as we go through the episode because there's a lot to learn let's take up pens and paper parents right
3: let's pull out the (laughs) paper and pencil please we're going to go ahead and kick off the first sketch of the day this is called fomo
1: (coughs) oh hey frida Thanks for grabbing my books while I was out sick. Yeah, the homework's written out here. Thanks. Did I miss anything, or? No, we're just gonna have, like, this biology test on Friday. Why are you holding a piece of wood? Um, this? <laughs> oh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I can't tell you. Why not? I mean, it's nothing. It's, you know, it's just a piece of wood. You're acting really weird. Fine, but promise me you won't get, you know, how you get, how I get, how do I get? You know, nothing. Never mind. Um, so we got these as souvenirs from this assembly today. You had an assembly? I love assemblies. Yeah, well, we sort of learned the art of the empty hand. What? Karate? Since when do you know karate? Since today. Everyone knows it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was a <laughs> surprise assembly. What? Very san remain calm. You see, Mom? You see? This is exactly why I didn't want to stay home today. I missed one day, and now I'm the only kid in the entire school that doesn't know karate. Karate. Was it amazing? What did I miss? Oh, man, it was the best thing I've seen in my entire life. Everyone got a partner, and we learned punches, ha, and kicks, ho! And then Mrs. Allen did a backflip. Mrs. Allen. You mean 60-year-old Librarian talking I'll you. Mrs. Allen? Yeah. Turns out she's an eighth-degree black belt. Who knew? Ugh, I'm having major FOMO right now. I'm going to show up tomorrow and have no idea what's going on. Everyone's going to be doing backflips and breaking boards. No one's going to want to talk to me. I mean, I wouldn't worry about that. We can't do karate at school anymore, not after what happened to Larry Millman. What happened to Larry Millman? Oh, my Lord, it was incredible. He was trying to do a double jumping downward elbow strike on Susie O'Connor, but Susie pulled out a diving forward shoulder roll, and he just totally shattered his forearms on the pavement. He's gonna be in the hospital for, like, a month. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said, a bunch of us are meeting over at Tommy's to just, um, you know, hang out. You can totally come if you want, but... Ugh, I'm still contagious. Man, well... I'm going to head out, but maybe I'll see you next week. All right, so um, good luck for that uh, biology test. Thanks. Sayonara.
0: Bye. All right, so that was an example of FOMO, or fear of missing out. We heard Barry, who was homesick. And, of course, his friend Frida was nice enough to come by and drop off his homework assignments. And, of course, tell him about the whole karate story. She didn't want to talk about it much in the beginning, but then ended up giving every detail of the fun they had learning karate at school, right? And then Barry was bummed out because, well, he missed a single opportunity. Now, Doctor, what's going on in Barry's mind, and why
5: was it so important for him to be there? Didn't want to miss out. Yeah. Uh, You know, we want to know the full story. Think about when you watch a movie and then, you know, you walk away. You're trying to catch up and you you know, that's basically what she she's feeling like, she, you know, she missed out. And during those years, during those high school years, you feel like you need to be a part of it. Everything you need feel like you need to like every important aspect is important. You need to keep on top of it. Yes. That is probably a false thing. If we had to keep on top of everything mm-hmm. um, in our lives, that's too much yeah. but when you're a teen those things are important.
0: As adults we're like okay well you know you miss it. okay you may have another yeah, opportunity.
5: Yeah you're almost for them- grateful not to because <laughs> we're overwhelmed. <laughs> we're over flooded with information. You know you don't need to be a part of everything but in this case it when was you're important. A teen, yeah.
3: It was uh, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Kristen mm-hmm. now now, Kristen, it, Barry from this story is obviously worried about his reputation. Did mm-hmm. you ever feel that way? And how can we talk to our teens to soothe those kind of insecurities, if you don't mind answering that?
4: Something that my mom told me as I was growing up, you know, it was kind of hard when I was a teenager, when I was in high school, to really feel it. But it is so true, and it really helped me a lot kind of deal with situations like this. hmm And what she said was, it's better to be respected than to be liked. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to your reputation, like not being included or not, if you weren't invited to a party that weekend or you weren't involved in what your friends were doing, whatever it is, if it was like a good thing or a bad thing, as long as you are righteous and you are being respectable, being a part of something, is those things are going to fade away. We think that the season that we're in, or like, being in the ninth grade or the tenth grade or our social group of friends are so important. It's, like, the whole entire world at the time. Like, I remember... When I was younger, my parents didn't let me go see movies with friends, and they didn't let me like go shopping with friends on the weekends or, because my parents are like, "You know, there's more productive things you can do," mm-hmm. which you know, effectively started to kill my social life. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was in middle school these things started to really matter. I wasn't allowed to go to the movies with my friends, and I went into my room and I was so that I was crying because I was like, I know that when I get to school, On Monday, like they're going to be standing in a group. I'm going to pull up to school and I'm not going to be able to walk up to them confidently and feel like I'm included in the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like making it hard for me at school. And I remember my dad said, Your time will come one day. But he was right. Like now I'm a grown up. I live in Los Angeles. I have an amazing group of friends. And you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And so I just want to say to the teenagers, to the high school students and anyone who's ever dealing with this right now, like to remember that this season that you're in, it's it's important how you handle it Mm -hmm. and to have long-term vision and long-term focus. Like what you do now is training to reign. It's, Training for the dream that God has put in your heart. So, like, have vision. What is your dream? What kind of person do you want to be like 10 years from now? And start acting like that even now. So, When it comes to your reputation, what's important is what people are going to say about you when you come back to your thing, reunion. You know, like, are they going to respect you or are they going to remember that you are like a part of every social gathering? Great outlook.
0: I was taking note. I have a 14 year old and I'm like, I really like your vibe attracts your tribe. I got it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got it because it's it's so true. Um, Hopefully we can also transfer this to the kids when they're living it now and they can understand and have that hope for the future later and get it that way. Now, doctor, how can we equip our kids with a healthy sense of self-worth when the peer pressure
5: is so strong,
0: like kirsten just mentioned absolutely
5: i think it's the script that the kids will tell themselves so going back to what is self-esteem what is that Mm self-worth the idea of what what is the view that you have of yourself Mm -hmm. so if you feel that you are you know comfortable on your skin if you will and you are who you are whatever the circumstance you're going to address it but if you start telling yourself things like i missed out on this activity Mm -hmm. and because i missed out then i'm going to be clueless on monday and because i'm going to be clueless I'm going to feel awkward and uncomfortable. You know, what is that script that you're telling yourself and you're defining your future, which then activates in you more fear, more anxiety, Mm -hmm. and you sink yourself into that? Then, yeah, you're going to feel terrible. But what if you question that script and you go, sure, I was left out from this activity that didn't feel good. But instead of just clamming down, I can be curious about it. Oh, how was it? Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. You know, what was your best part about it? I can turn that Uh, around and now mm-hmm. I can encourage others to talk about it. And what do we know about people? They love talking about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and they love you when you ask them questions about themselves. So it's all how you take the circumstance. So as parents, that's what we can do with our kids. We can help them not just accept that original script of mm-hmm. that negative self-talk that may automatically absorb you and you know sink you down. But instead, you are the author of your life. And mm-hmm. so therefore, you can take the circumstance that falls on your lap and create a new script, turn it around, make it love work it. for you. Love it, love yeah. it.
3: After that, we're gonna go ahead and uh, listen to our next sketch. This is called Admissions Committee.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Another rejection to Harvard University. <laughs>
0: Next application, Samuel Red, Chagrin Falls, Ohio. <laughs>
6: Let's see here. 4.0 GPA, 2,400 on the SATs, played football for four years, volunteered at a homeless shelter. <laughs> yes, of course, all
2: that. He's applying to Harvard because he thinks he has a chance. What about the small print?
1: Any sick days? Did he ever get detention? Hmm? Ever late to class? It yeah.
6: says here his alarm clock has a button for snooze. Uh-huh. What do you mean a snooze button. You hit it, and you get eight minutes more sleep.
0: That's eight minutes less studying computer coding. Or perfecting
2: your harpsichord.
6: Or cataloging butterflies by genus and species. This speaks volumes at his capacity for laziness. There is indeed more. One
0: leaky spigot can the whole yard flood. Mm
7: -hmm, mm
6: Mm-hmm. He once attended school with two different socks on. Ah! Ah, oh, Ralph. After a long day of football practice, he decided to watch reality TV instead of reading Shakespeare.
1: Had he read all of it already? Not
6: the sonnets? <laughs> ah, My god. Speak. Once during science class on a Friday in spring, he just stared. At what? The chalkboard? The teacher? Out the window. <gasps> <gasps> At nothing. Like there was a dog out there or something.
2: And this laggard thinks he could apply to Harvard? He insults a fine name. He
1: insults
0: the very idea of college.
2: He shall not go to any institution anywhere.
0: The bell signals to every college never to accept Sam Red.
6: I now remove his name from the great book of college application. <laughs> no,
5: not the bell, no. <laughs>
4: Sam, you aren't going to sleep through your alarm, are you?
2: What? Uh, no. I just, I had the scariest dream.
4: Don't worry. Lots of kids get nervous before their first day of high school.
2: (sighs) Yeah. Harumph.
3: And here's another harumph. Okay, so we were just in (laughs) Sam's dream the morning of his first day of high school. He's so nervous. I remember I was nervous, but he's Mm -hmm. really nervous. He's already having nightmares of not being accepted into Harvard or whatever college he prefers to go to. Now, Dr. Alicia, obviously this is a big step, a big moment in a young adult's life. Why is he feeling this way? And how do we help these kids just chill process everything and just try to be as successful as they can
5: yeah i can't Mm -hmm. help but talk about the nightmares Mm -hmm. we dream those feelings that we have i know
3: especially if it's like the last thing you're thinking of right
5: well if it's just an issue you know that like the anxiety that's Mm -hmm. building up Mm -hmm. we tend to act it out in the dream in a way that's very vivid and the neuroscience of the brain and how that acts is is phenomenal i won't get into it right now but tip Tip, if you're feeling like you're having a nightmare, what can you do? Write those feelings that is activated and make an interpretation of it. You know, Mm -hmm. just a simple thing that you can do. Um, But yeah, he's feeling that way because, hey, think about it. You finished... Middle school, you're going into a new transition. It's new people. It's unfamiliar ground. A new wave of people. Perhaps you went into a smaller school. High schools tend to be Mm -hmm. bigger. Just the expectations are there and they're heightened. And so I think it's expected to have that sense of a little bit of that hesitation and, and anxiety. The concern is if you as a parent are seeing that your child is running the other way and clamping down and saying, I don't want to go to school at all because I'm so scared. You know, Mm -hmm. that's concerning. But to have that sense of, you know, that anxiety when you're going into a new place is adults. That happens if you're going to a new job Mm -hmm. or just Mm -hmm. a new thing that's different. You know, there's that hesitation. The anxiety
0: of the unknown. Right. You don't know what's going to happen now. My daughter just had her first day of high school last week. And Mm -hmm. I know after that first day, uh, she came back. She was freaking out, right? Overwhelmed and scared. But we talked about it. And that morning, actually, we were waiting for the bus. And her best friend did not start school the same day because she was out of the country. So she is freaking out. Oh, my God, Mom. What am I going to do? This is high school. It's a whole new thing. I don't know these people. What if they don't like me? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then she said something that kind of reassured me and made me feel like good as a mom I don't know because a couple of days before she had orientation and she wrote down on her paper that she really enjoyed the pep talks that we had mom daughter pep talks so that morning mm. she's like mom pep talk mom pep talk please because I need it right uh-huh. now so, so yes it, it was sweet. Oh I, yes I was like oh my god I have this opportunity to to encourage my daughter right now when she really needs it because mm. she's scared of the unknown so of course we had our little mm-hmm. talk and and then she felt great. And she's like, okay, Valentina, you can do this. Mom, I'm going. I'm going to go at this. And then she just stepped out of the house. <laughs> and then she it came back and she was overwhelmed. But she she made it happen. Now, principals say this a lot, especially uh, during the orientation days. Parental involvement declines as the kids go from grammar school to middle school and high school. So when they reach high school, parental involvement is not as high as it used to be. How can we turn things around Kristen, or what would you say to parents? How can we stay connected with our kids? Because as we've mentioned, these issues are crucial as as they are, but even more at this age in the minds of our teens.
4: I don't have a teenager, but I do have a, a one-year-old. And I can see how parents can withdraw at the age of high school because kids are, like we talked about, so involved in their devices, Like mm-hmm. It's almost, like, frustrating. You're like, it almost feels like kids don't want to have conversations, but they really do. I think that um, they are turning to their devices and social media and connection with other people to almost kind of deal with that pressure that they're feeling. There is so much pressure mm-hmm. in high school. It's like when you're going into fr- your freshman year, you gotta almost like know, like what is your plan? You know, what classes are you gonna take and. How are you going to align your classes so you can, you know, boost your GPA? you got to Mm -hmm. know what schools you're going to apply to. What what do you want to major in? You know, when are you going to start training for your SAT? What um, extracurriculars are you going to be involved in? What community search? When you are kind of putting yourself out there, it's like, because you can't just, like, do well in school academically anymore. Like, you have to have, like, you got to be play a sport you have to be a leader you have to be involved and so then when you're putting yourself out there like for me I like had my short-term goals my long-term goals I was like I need to be on varsity cheerleading varsity track varsity swim team honors chorus you know honors this and that president of my class or I guess I should speak for myself like when I was auditioning or trying out for these things like that's scary because you mm-hmm. don't you don't know if you're going to make the team you don't know if you're going to stay on the team yeah and that happened to me i was on varsity swim team for three years and then my senior year you have to try out every year mm-hmm. my senior year i didn't make the team mm. oh, wow. yeah i remember like going up to after i had been through tryouts going up to look at the list and so i'm pretty sure my name was going to be there and it wasn't and i was like i just kept staring at it i was like there's have I overlooked it? I'm sure maybe it was a typo, maybe there was a mistake. Yeah, And, you know, so there's like moments like that where, man, it's just so much. And then you're like, how is this going to look on my college application? Not to mention the social part of it where you're like, these are my friends, these are my team. And now they're doing like team life without me. And you see the people at school walking in their, ja- their matching jackets and you know, you're not on the team anymore. So there's just so much for a young person to navigate that hasn't fully developed the decision-making and mature part of their brain yet. And so they need, like, they need wisdom and guidance from people who really care about them versus like the quote role models that they might follow on social media Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i mean i guess to your question i just encourage parents to remember how they felt in high school and then the extra extra pressure that kids have today it's just insane with social media with drugs with alcohol eating disorders oh So, yeah, I just say lean in, lean in, because like even when kids are leaning out and kind of like being mean to you as a parent, I feel like they're really just trying to be like, "We pursue me?
3: All right, Kristen, thank you so much for that. And, uh, you know, going down that same route, talking about all these different things that can affect a kid's or high schooler's attention and at the same time trying to get good grades, because obviously academics are important. But Dr. Alicia, how do we manage the situation where we're obviously promoting good grades, but at the same time, we don't want them to like stress out. We just want them like obviously to give their best effort when they're studying and getting good grades, but also at the end of the day, enjoy the experience.
5: Yeah, Christian was right. The kids today, sometimes they have just so much pressure and stress, Yeah. you know, whether it's academics or the extracurricular activities that they put on them as parents, helping them cope with stress, helping them. We as parents have to cope with stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then what we've learned along the way, be able to teach that to them because they're going to come across so many stressful circumstances. And the high school is a little, little taste of that, little mm-hmm. taste of what the real world is coming to. Yes. And so I think as parents, what one thing that we can do to show up for our kids is, you know, say to them, yeah, all of these pressures, the peers, the demands of school, disappointments, feeling rejected, it feels awful. And this is a little taste of what the world is. And so why don't we take this warrior experience to build you up so you have the resources and that resilience to, to fight against all of this that's going to come your way Um, so you can navigate it. And as you graduate, you go to college, you're just going to be stronger and you're going to be able to cope with it. So I think as parents showing up for a Kids in that regard, helping yes. them navigate whatever mm-hmm. comes their way, and giving them just different tools, exposing them to different tools that are available, yeah. so that they can and and helping them say no to things. You know, perhaps it may be okay, yeah, for you not to be, in, you know, these twenty things. Yes, because you want to enjoy this life. You don't want to, you know, miss out. For us as parents, it's the same question. One of the questions I ask myself oftentimes is: Ten years from now, am I going to the activities and the choices and the decisions that I make? Are they going to deprive me of what I want to do, which is I want to be present in the life of my children, I'm going to blink and 10 years come now and they're going to be in Lincoln College and I missed out. Mm -hmm. So the same thing I think we want to impart to our kids. Do you want to miss out on your high school years because you're so involved in things? Yes, it's important to be involved because you want scholarships and things, but is there a way to pull back? You have to do hundred percent all the time. And one of the things I used to see a lot in the clinical experience is kids would burn out. Yes. So they did get the Val Victorian degree and whatever, and then they go to college to year two and they just they just didn't have it in them anymore because they'd worked so hard, you know, so early mm-hmm. doing so much, you know, and they arrived there, but then they you know They're done. They I don't want to know anything beyond else. that. So we, we have to be careful with that as well.
0: All right. So keeping a, a healthy balance, I'd say. Great advice. Thank you for that. now let's listen to our third sketch and last sketch this one I think we're all gonna be able to relate it's called faces
2: when June finished the eighth grade her parents saw her graduate after three months of summer June became a freshman on her first day in the cafeteria holding her plate June began her first phase she sat down with the emo kids They loved music but would never dance. She asked her mom, can we go to Hot Topic? Her mom asked,
0: why do you wear all black?
2: But when June refused to pierce her lip, she fell out with the emo kids. One day, upon a bulletin board, June saw a sign up sheet for sports. She asked the coach, am I too short? You're tall enough to hold awards. But when the team wasn't on the court, The jocks made June very bored. June's mom struggled with all the changes, but didn't want to make June nervous.
0: Whether you're a senior or a freshman, every high schooler looks for connections. Just like the moon, you'll go
2: through phases. I love you, June. You're going places. So June joined even more groups, mean girls and preppy dudes, punks with nasty attitudes, the skaters and the gamers too. Her dad asked, June, who are you? June felt like she had to choose.
0: What a great sketch. Uh, I think we were able to see June go into different phases Mm -hmm. in high school, and I I think many of us will be able to relate somewhat with her. I heard something here that I thought was key. Everyone is looking for connections. Doctor, how can we prepare our kids for these healthy connections, hopefully? In high school,
5: yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen the different types of groups and groupies, and you know, mm-hmm. in, in the schools, and and kids want to identify with one or the other because kids want to belong. That's right, and so they're just trying to find their place, and so June is just vacillating back and forth and they're trying to have a sense of identity Mm -hmm. and who they are. It's also important for parents. I understand why parents are very cautious of the influence that kids are because they're so influential Mm -hmm. and we know peer pressure does exist and now with social media there's all sorts of consequences that come along with it. We know that kids their brain is still forming and they do have poor judgment and it's easy for them to make decisions on impulse and when they're pressured to do so and then they're in the wrong group. Yes. It's not helpful. So as parents we have to be very mindful of that as well while because kids are just very they can just kind of go with the flow Mm -hmm. and take on if you will the personality of a group so yes we want to give some room to our kids to explore but we also want to really keep an eye on it and and be mindful of it i tell you as parents we have a challenging job we do and you know
0: but we should we should keep that eye out on, on our kids because just like you mentioned peer pressure it's not a new issue but social media brings it to a whole new level right According to uh, researchers, sexting, for example, is a major cause for concerns as many teens do not understand the lifelong consequences that sharing explicit pictures can have on their lives. That's something new that we didn't have yeah. back in the day. So, this is something that we need to talk to them about.
5: And if they end up in the wrong group, guess what? The kids aren't encouraging them to do mm-hmm. this. So, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> breathe, but don't even go. Breathe, <laughs> oh breathe. My It'll be goodness, okay. Oh, my goodness. That's what we're here. We're trying to like <laughs> right. fix the situation. Uh, Kristen, I know that you speak to young ladies in your talks. What are the issues that you see the most as they go in and out of these phases?
4: Identity. You know, there's this phrase that people use that says, fake it till you make it.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And... I used to do that, and there's an element to that that's kind of true, where it's like, okay, if you're feeling shy, you're feeling scared, just like act confident, and you can get through the situation. But I just feel like when you know your identity and when you know that you are a son or daughter of God, then you don't have to just act confident. You get to be confident because you really discover who God created you to be. And so what I love to speak to girls is discover who God uniquely created you to be. So then you don't have to look at other people and look to the left and to the right and go into different groups to find out who that is. Because honestly, that's kind of an empty feeling. And I did that. Like I looked at other girls and I was like, she seems so confident. How does she have it all together? Like, how does she know that she's supposed to wear that outfit? And how does she just like own her opinions and not make apologies for them? Like, I Mm -hmm. felt like I would kind of like morph in my conversations like oh you like that movie like me too oh your favorite color is purple like me too like I like purple too you know because I was just like I wanted people to like me like we get to be like sure of who we are and I think that's one of the most exciting things about being a Christian and and about knowing our identity as a daughter and son of the King. I just love to encourage young girls in that. And I think it's so powerful and you don't have to wait until you're in your twenties or your thirties or your forties to get there. Like his promises are for children. They're yeah. for teenagers too. And I talk all about that in my book, The Sparkle Effect. Like the I break effect. down these issues there 31 kind of issues of the heart, you know, like depression and anxiety, comparison, jealousy, insecurity, and walk you through how to get like breakthrough in those areas. So you're actually walking in the freedom that you have access to.
0: Love it. So very important two points. Know who you are and what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very good. Well, thank you so much, both Dr. Laos and Kirsten for sharing uh, information and tips on, on what to expect in high school and how to tackle the issues. Kristen, where can we learn more about you and the sparkle effect?
4: Yay, I'm so excited for the sparkle effect. <laughs>
0: We're
3: well, excited I'm for you as well.
4: So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. People can go to the sparkle effectbook.com, pre-order it. Or it's released on October second, and then I'm I'm doing a book like speaking book tour for the next basically year. So if churches or women's groups want to bring me in to speak, they can go to sheismore.com and send me a request. Awesome. We'll check it out.
3: Very cool. We're going to find you on social media, okay? So we're gonna we're gonna work on that part as well.
4: <laughs> At Kristen Day Dalton is my social media handle, and it's a good one to encourage daughters to handle because I will be a good role model for your children
3: on Instagram. (laughs) Very cool. Dr. Alicia, your three tips for today's podcast.
5: Yeah. Let's help our kids navigate the different pressures that they may come across, whether it's, you know, bullying or the peer pressure. Let's just stay on our kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lean in you know as Kristen say just stay attentive and it's easy to disconnect because they'd be, be nasty to you because of all of the hormonal things <laughs> that might be going on but oh, that, yeah. they're still your kids we got to stay on them and lean in and, and pay attention mm-hmm. and if it's whether it's depression or bullying we need to get them the resources and the help that they need in order to navigate that remind them that their identity is not their friend's identity <laughs> that they're their own person that they're unique that they're valued that they're loved they need to hear that from you constantly and continuously mm-hmm. and whatever the circumstances that are surrounding them that they feel like they missed out on um, or that they're not a part of just remind them that they can use whatever is thrown their way as an opportunity to grow and and to work around it so you just have to coach them to navigate those circumstances so that they can build their Mm. character their strength their be resilient so when they're out in the world whenever they come across disappointments things that they feel like left out or insecure that they have those resources and tools at their disposal to to fight back beautiful
0: well, that wraps, wraps up this episode of The Struggle Is Real. Go to FamilyBridgesUSA.org for more resources.
3: And, of course, you could follow us on social media with the hashtag, The Struggle Is Real, or simply hashtag TSIR. And please take a moment to review the podcast on iTunes and Google Play.
0: That's right. Thanks for tuning in. We're Veronica Avila.
3: On this side, Omar Ramos. And
5: I'm Dr. Alicia Laos. Till next time.
0: This was The Struggle Is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle Struggle is Real by doctors Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.